0: This episode has been brought to you in part by Canderell and Kingset Capital. Coming soon, affordable luxury condominium living at 908 St. Clair West. Nestled into a vibrant, one-of-a-kind neighborhood, 908 St. Clair West is a modern treasure, offering a sophisticated lifestyle inspired by St. Clair Village and prestigious Forest Hill. Register today at 908StClairWest.com. com.
1: What are some of the things you're looking forward to about your bat mitzvah?
2: I'm um, excited to see all my friends because some of them I haven't seen in like over a whole year. Um, I'm excited to see family. I'm excited to, to say my speech. Um, me That's my a clip has-
3: from the documentary Becoming Big. It's about 12-year-old Maya Sinclair of Montreal. They follow her on her journey to becoming a bat mitzvah. Maya lives with an extremely rare genetic condition. It stunts her growth and also affects her eyesight and other things. Becoming Big shows Maya as she studies with Rabbi Mark Fishman of Beth Tikva Synagogue in Dollar des ormeaux Quebec, and brings the cameras right into her big day last November. The movie is gaining wider attention for an already accomplished teenager. Maya's written two children's books. She dances competitively. And this Wednesday, she and her co-stars in the film are part of a Jewish Disability Awareness, Acceptance and Inclusion Month event in Montreal. They'll be talking about her challenges and what it was like making the film.
2: Bigger doesn't really mean in size, but it means like developing for me. Um, a lot of people think of me as small. But if I'm I'm talking about how it feels being a but mitzvah girl, I feel very excited.
3: I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, February the 16th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily sponsored by Metropia. Maya Sinclair was diagnosed with Axenfeld-Rieger syndrome when she was six months old. It's not a Jewish genetic disease, and nobody else in her family had it. Her medical problems are a lot for any child to handle. She's had multiple eye surgeries for glaucoma, and she's been bullied for being smaller than the other kids in her grade. Two years ago, Maya wrote a book about what it's like going to the hospital. It's called Operation I., her second book came out soon after. It's called Shining Star, about her wanting to be a dancer, like her older sister Erin. Coming up, Maya and her mother and their rabbi will be here to talk about the new film, Becoming Big. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now.
0: I'm Primrose Madea Nason in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. Canadians
3: are being asked to take part in the first annual National Kindness Week this month. The Canadian government passed a law in June establishing the third week of February as Kindness Week. It's in honour of the late Ottawa Rabbi Reuben Bulka, whose brainchild the initiative was. Bulka died shortly afterwards of cancer. On Tuesday, his son, Shmuel Bulka, and an old friend, Senator Jim Munson, held a media conference to invite people to do acts of kindness, especially now as the country is dealing with the truckers' protests and political division over COVID measures. And joining me now from Montreal are Rabbi Mark Fishman, Maya Sinclair, and her mother, Janet Popliger. Why don't you tell me, uh, and anyone can start, how this all came about?
1: Every bat mitzvah girl that comes in learns with me. In the course of this very special learning, I thought it would be a powerful idea to capture aspects of this journey along the way on video. And that led to the creation of a documentary titled Becoming Big where we explored what it means for Maya to become a bat mitzvah, what it means to become big in the eyes of Judaism.
3: Maya, if we can talk a bit about the process of going through the documentary, like, what was that like for you? Did you have to memorize lines? I mean, besides your speech and everything, you know, that you gave in shul. No, I didn't have to
2: memorize lines. We would basically meet up once in a while, to do the video, and the rabbi would ask me
3: questions, and I would have to answer them. So, um, was it a lot of uh take one, take two, or, you know, you nailed it right at the, be- the beginning? Well,
2: there was no take one, take two. He just didn't stop filming, and then they just edited it
3: with bloopers. Oh, well, <laughs> with the bloopers. <laughs> what was your most embarrassing blooper? I don't think you had
2: any. I don't know, but Maya and Radley did. Your friends
0: did? And my mom did. My parents did. They were asked about Maya's name, and they both blanked on who she was named after.
3: People get nervous. Were you guys nervous about having cameras around Maya and all this? Oh, uh, yes and no.
2: Because I kind of like I'm used to cameras. But like I'm a dancer, so I perform in front of like a thousand
3: people.
0: She's used to performing, so it was okay.
3: The dress, the makeup, the hair that you had, you know, on your on your big day. Um, I really love the shoes. I want a pair just like you and your mom had, <laughs> the sparkly shoes. I had to wear boring black, patent leather ones on my bat mitzvah. I did watch, you know, and of course, the speech that you, or it was the Vartora speech that you gave, Maya, I really, I, it impacted me a lot when you mentioned The figures from the Torah, Moses, you know, people that walk with a limp, people who stuttered, you know, how did that, how did you make the decision to talk about that? And what did that mean to you to highlight those characters from our religion?
2: Well, the rabbi and my mom had a meeting and my mom asked me if I wanted to do that. And I said yes, because it sounded interesting. And my mom said that they had like disabilities.
3: So I wanted to learn about them. We hear about um great leaders, you know, uh in the Torah great stories, but very we don't know much about it's not taught much about the disabilities that people have in the in the Torah. You know, where do they fit in if at all in Jewish culture?
1: I think that the messages in the Torah are there for all to learn and it is a case of To what degree do we stress and focus on certain values at the expense of others? And I think it's actually a reflection of our community that what is taught and what is not taught promotes the values that we feel are a part of our ordinary acceptable lives. So it was very natural and ordinary for me to discuss those aspects of how they are portrayed in the Torah.
3: Since the the video has been been played, how has the the audience received it, and what feedback
0: have you had? The response has been um, really overwhelming, like overwhelmingly positive, and people have told me, "Oh, Maya's so inspiring," and like it really puts things into perspective, you know, for us and things like that. And um, I mean, for me, I, I always find Maya inspiring. She's she's an incredible, incredible girl. It's really an honor to be her mom. Uh, so it was really nice to know that now other people have a chance to see how amazing Maya really is. Let's, let's move away
3: a bit from the documentary and talk a bit about, Maya, your books and your writing. Tell us a bit about the inspiration for your books. My first book,
2: Operation Eye, the inspiration was my eye surgery, and it was my first eye surgery, and I was scared. So I wanted to help other kids that need surgery be less scared. And that's basically how
3: I wrote it. And then about your dance book?
2: Well, um, I have like a special dance category and a dance competition um, for kids with physical challenges and developmental challenges. And I want to write about it.
3: How have you been able to promote sales? What challenges have
0: you had? I don't promote. It's been very hard. We were supposed to, the publisher was supposed to um, organize a book signing, but because of all the restrictions, we weren't able to. And then we were actually thinking of doing something about a month ago, uh, but then COVID, of course, resurfaced. And then we had news of uh, Maya required a, a bit of an emergency surgery, so that sort of derailed us. Uh, she has her own like Facebook page, and you know, word of mouth, and of course, just I'm I'm hopeful that um, once things uh, resolve, reopen, we will be able to have um, a book signing. I think it would be great because all of the money from the books, we don't keep any of it; it all goes to uh, to two different charities, and I want those uh, organizations to um, to benefit.
3: So, is there going to be summer camp this summer in person? Uh, is that going to be a thing? Are you going back to
2: Camp Simcha?
0: So that's a yes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Camp Simcha.
0: She hasn't been to Camp Simcha in two years because of the uh, because of the pandemic, but she can't wait to go back. That that's uh, a very spe- I don't know if you know about Camp Simcha, but it's it's the best place. It's so special there, and obviously,
2: I just these... feel like I'm normal. Say it. Tell. I actually feel like I'm normal there because everybody is like
3: me. Everybody has something. So what does that look like, feeling normal?
2: Well, I'm not the only kid that's, like, weird looking. Because <laughs> everybody there has, like, some are in wheelchair, some are missing body parts, some are blind,
0: some... You You can't. I I think Maya really struggles a lot with feeling different. Um, Appearance-wise, she feels very different. She is much smaller than the other kids her age. She always feels like she has this like X on her, and that everyone is always staring at her, and she doesn't quite fit in. And everybody has something. At camp Simcha, So she's not the only one in the room, the only one in the school, the only one in, at camp who is um, different.
3: Black History Month comes once a year and everybody gets speakers and spotlights and then they kind of go away. And how do you feel about, you know, the, the spotlight, but
0: then it's only once a year? I didn't know
2: anything. I didn't even know it
0: was a month. Yeah, I've actually, uh, I don't know if it's embarrassed to say I, I had actually never heard of it. Uh, now that I know about it, uh, I'm, I'm glad that I do. But uh, you were saying, you know, there's uh, it's like a once there's one month a year that there's attention brought on onto this. But I, I really don't see it uh, that way. I think, for, I guess, for for us, every day is is this day. I mean, it's just our normal life. We're always um, trying to bring awareness, educate people around us who who don't know about the challenges that Maya might face, uh, whether it's just in a conversation with a teacher, with a friend, with uh, whoever. I I feel like we're always uh, educating people. And even if there's just one month, a year that the community is maybe more involved, maybe that ripple effect that, oh, yeah, you know, we took part in this uh, in this February activity and, oh, remember that movie that they were interviewing or remember so-and-so or so-and-so. Maybe they'll just sort of keep it more in the back of their mind. It'll give them food for thought to get through the next 12 months. But like I said, maybe, just maybe... They'll be out with a friend and they'll notice something or they'll see um, a person who's physically challenged or is having some type of an intellectual uh, issue. And maybe instead of turning a blind eye, maybe this will inspire them to maybe be just that much kinder or that much more helpful. If you want to learn
3: more about Maya or buy her books or watch the documentary or attend the live event, all the links are in our show notes. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality and customer care. Today's listener shout out goes to all of you who wrote in to give us feedback about the truckers protest episodes we did this week. Some of you said we shouldn't have covered both sides. Someone said shame on me for highlighting people who supported the trucker's views. Either way, we're so glad you're listening and engaged in these important conversations. Please continue to support the CJN and our Canadian Jewish journalism. Go to thecjn.ca slash circle and join. Listeners can use the promo code THECJNDaily to get a 30% discount on the annual price. And we'll end the episode with this clip of Shmuel Bulka, launching national kindness week I remember
4: coming into his apartment that day and he was sitting uh, in a recliner his eyes closed and I told him um, that kindness week is now uh, you know that the bill passed and um, you know his eyes closed and he raised his he raised his hand and just gave me a big a big thumbs up um, uh, you know with his with a, with a crack of a smile uh, And I will forever remember that. Um, But that leaves us with with a great responsibility and the responsibility to carry on that legacy of kindness and to make sure that National Kindness Week is not the end of the discussion. It's only the beginning of the discussion and that we, we redouble our efforts not just during this week, but every day of the year to make sure that we make Canada and frankly, the rest of the world a much kinder place.